motivation to the people, that's the uplift. Prosperity and growth, we can discuss this. Spread the love, cause I believe in family unity. And equal justice, and equal opportunity. Let's make it great again, fulfill a happy vacancy. It costs you nothing, give you knowledge, yeah, this is free. Us together talking about it, that's the key. Bring the truth, bare facts, that's just me. Ain't gonna stop me for talking about it. Ain't gonna stop me for talking about it. Tonight, I'm going to talk about some things to a man of character do. But we're talking about respect. Building a community. The idea is for us to help each other build and grow. Peace and blessings, family. Welcome to the Bear Facts, Life Lessons with the Sugar Bear, where the goal is to motivate and inspire. My prayers are that we all stay peaceful, healthy, and safe during these uncertain times. The coronavirus has the entire planet on edge. Here in the United States of America, we lost approximately 208,000 lives to the pandemic. Through my faith, I'm feeling secure in my ability to stand strong through the storm. We're just weeks away from one of the most important presidential elections in our lives. There are major life-shifting policies in play depending on who wins the election. Unfortunately, as a country, we are greatly divided. The lines are being drawn in the sand. Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, red, blue. Yet people walk around with no clue regarding what's at stake. Health care, immigration, women's rights to control their bodies, police reform, taxes, and so many other critical issues are hanging in the balance. This is why you must vote. Eligibility to vote in the United States is established through both the Constitution and state law. Several amendments, the 15th, 19th, 24th, and 26th, specifically require that voting rights of U.S. citizens cannot be abridged based on race, color, predisposition of servitude, sex, or age of those above 18. The 15th Amendment gave African-American men the right to vote in 1870, but many weren't able to exercise this right. Some states used literacy tests and other barriers to make it harder to vote. The 19th Amendment, ratified in 1920, gave American women the right to vote. The 24th Amendment, ratified in 1964, eliminated poll taxes, the tax that had been used in some states to keep African Americans from voting in federal elections. The 26th Amendment, ratified in 1971, lowered the voting age for all elections to 18 years old. In any election, there's a need to watch for federal election crimes. In this current election cycle, it appears that need is at an all-time high. Federal election crimes fall into three categories. Campaign finance crimes, such as when candidates accept funds that violate the amounts or donors permitted under the law. Civil rights violation involving voter intimidation, coercion, threats, and any other tactics to suppress a person's ability to vote. Voter fraud and voter registration, such as when someone illegally casts a vote in the name of a dead person or someone who has moved. The right to vote in America is so important that voting rights are under attack nationwide as states pass voter suppression laws. Since 2008, states have passed measures making it harder for Americans, particularly black people, the elderly, students, or people with disability. These measures include cuts to early voting, voter ID laws, and purges of voter rolls. Voting should be easy and convenient as possible, and in many cases it is. But across the U.S., too many politicians are passing measures making it harder to cast a ballot. The goal is to manipulate political outcomes, and the result is a severely compromised democracy that doesn't reflect the will of the people. Our democracy works best when all eligible voters can participate and their voices can be heard. Several communities are particularly susceptible to suppression and in some cases outright targeted. Again, people of color, students, the elderly, and people with disability. We're going to discuss rampant methods of voter suppression across the country that are being utilized. Voter ID laws. 36 states have identification requirements at the polls. 
Seven states have strict photo ID laws under which voters must present one of a limited set of forms of governor issue ID in order to cast a regular ballot. No exceptions. These strict ID laws are part of an ongoing strategy to suppress the vote. And it works. Voter ID laws have been estimated by the U.S. Government Accountability Office to reduce voter turnout by two to three percent, which means tens of thousands of votes are lost in a single state. Over 21 million U.S. citizens do not have government-issued photo identification. That's because ID cards aren't always accessible for everyone. The ID itself can be costly. And even when IDs are free, applicants must incur other expenses to obtain the underlying documents that are needed to get an ID. This can be a significant burden on people in lower-income communities. Further, the travel required is an obstacle for people with disabilities, the elderly, and people living in rural areas. Voter registration restrictions. Restricting the terms and requirements of registration is one of the most common forms of voter suppression. Restrictions can include requiring documents to prove citizenship or identification, erroneous penalties for voter registration drives, or limiting the window of time in which voters can register. Politicians often use unfounded claims to voter fraud to try to justify registration restrictions. Some states restrict registration by allowing people to register long in advance of an election. By forcing voters to register before the election, it discourages people from registering in the first place. These outdated restrictions, which were designed for a time when registration forms were exclusively completed by pen and paper and transmitted via snail mail, can significantly impact voter participation. Voter purges. Cleaning up voter rolls can be a responsible part of election administration because many people move, die, or become ineligible to vote for other reasons. But sometimes state uses process as a method of mass disenfranchisement, purging eligible voters from rolls for illegitimate reasons or based on inaccurate data and often without adequate notice to the voters. A single purge can stop up to hundreds of thousands of people from voting. Often, voters only learn about being purged the day they show up for elections. The most common excuses for purging voter rolls are to filter out voters who have changed their address, died, or have failed to vote in recent elections. Staff often conduct purges using inaccurate data, booting voters who have fallen under any targeted category. Felony disenfranchisement. A felony conviction can come with drastic consequences, including the loss of your right to vote. But different states have different laws. Some ban voting only during incarceration. Some ban voting for life. Some ban people while on probation or parole. Other ban people from voting while incarcerated. And some states like Maine and Vermont don't disenfranchise people with felony convictions at all. The fact that these laws vary so dramatically from state to state, it only adds to the overall confusion that voters face, which is a form of voter suppression in itself. Due to racial bias in the criminal justice system, felony disenfranchisement laws disproportionately affect black people, who often face harsher sentences than white people for the same offenses. It should come as no surprise that many of these laws are rooted in the Jim Crow era when legislators tried to block black Americans' newly won right to vote by enforcing poll tax taxes, literacy tests, and other barriers that were nearly impossible to meet. To this day, the states with the most extreme disenfranchisement laws also have records of suppressing the rights of black people. In Iowa, a system of permanent disenfranchisement paired with the most disproportionate incarceration rate of black people in the nation has resulted in disenfranchisement of an estimated one in four voting age black men. Gerrymandering. Every 10 years, states redraw district lines based on population data gathered in the census. Legislators use these district lines to allocate representation in Congress and state legislatures. When redistricting is conducted properly, district lines are redrawn to reflect population changes and racial diversity. But too often, states use the redistricting as a political tool to manipulate the outcome of elections. That's called gerrymandering, a widespread undemocratic practice that's stifling the voice of millions of voters. Redistricting 
is front and center in 2020. The current administration is conducting the 2020 census, and states will use its results to redraw district lines across the country. These new district lines will determine our political voice for the next decade. It's no coincidence that the administration, which has a lengthy track record on voter suppression and attacking immigrants, wants to add a citizenship question to the census. The goal was to reduce census participation by immigrant communities, thereby stunting their growing political influence and depriving them of economic benefits. Some might wonder, what's the problem in adding citizenship question to the census? Plenty. The purpose of the census is to count everybody in this country, citizens and non-citizens alike. Accurate population data is essential for apportioning representation in public funds. By trying to suppress participation, the administration made clear it doesn't want certain people to count, namely immigrants and even citizens who have lived in mixed status households who might be hesitated to participate if the administration has succeeded in adding a citizen question to the census. Fortunately, the 2020 census no longer includes a citizenship question, but the administration's attempt to add it is yet another example of how politicians can use redistricting to suppress and manipulate the vote. Our democracy is debased when the vote is not accessible for all. The fact that some groups are disproportionately affected by voter suppression tactics, including people of color, young people, the elderly, and people with disabilities, who's affected by voter suppression? The short answer is all of us. Our democracy is debased when the vote is not accessible for all. There's proof that certain groups have deliberately been targeted. 70% of Georgia voters purged in 2018 were black. Across the country, one in 13 black Americans cannot vote due to disenfranchisement laws. One third of voters who have disability report difficulty voting. Only 40% of polling places fully accommodate people with disabilities. Across the country, counties with larger minority populations have fewer polling sites and poll workers per voter. Six in 10 college students come from out of state New Hampshire. The state is trying to block residents without state driver's license from voting. The right to vote is the most fundamental constitutional right for a good reason. Democracy cannot exist without the electoral participation of citizens. We vote because it's we the people who are supposed to shape our government, not the other way around. Get out and vote as if your life depended on it, because it does. Questions, comments regarding this episode, hit me up, barefax 7 at yahoo.com or the Barefax Facebook page. Till we do this again, my friends, keep a smile on your face, peace in your heart, and the sugar bear on your mind. And remember, dare to blaze your own path. It's so much fun. Peace. This episode of the Bear Facts is powered by Buzzsprout. Executive produced by J. Will for RJW Enterprises Incorporated. Music coordinated by Icewater for Indicave Studios. The Sugar Bear is available to respond to your feedback, questions, comments, and show ideas. Use the email bearfacts007 at yahoo.com. Continue to check for the Bear Facts on your favorite podcast platforms. 